Crime World is brought to you in association with Manscaped, who provide an incredible, complete men's grooming experience. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools and is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for Crime World listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEWORLD at manscaped.com. There sometimes can be a naivety about what happens in a murder trial. It's not just the free-for-all where you can go in and throw things out there. Jerry Hutch is going to come back. He's going to be tried in connection with the murder of David Byrne. So the evidence that pertains to that exact murder is what's going to be heard in the court case. The idea that the state would not pursue a murder charge solely on the basis of that there might be some embarrassment, it's not really how it, how it happens. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He's lost his bid to halt extradition attempts in a Spanish court. And now Jerry the Monk Hutch must come home to Ireland to face the music. Six years since a hit team staged a dramatic assassination attempt on Daniel Kinahan, and six months since a European arrest warrant was issued for his arrest, the veteran criminal will soon stand trial in the dock of the Special Criminal Court, where he will face murder charges. So what will the monk do next? Or has he simply put all his chips on black? Today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the criminal godfather and where his story may end. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. I'd expect um, Jerry Hutch will be back over the next couple of weeks. The fact that the, um, the Spanish courts released the the judgment essentially on his extradition. Yeah, I mean, it, from the from the initial look, it looks like there is no opportunity for appeal. Um, it was all it was inevitable once the European arrest warrant, once he was arrested under the European arrest warrant, that he would be back. Um, the, the the treaties are so strong between EU countries that the ability, you know, which we'll all or some of us of a certain generation will remember the torturous extradition processes from the nineteen nineties between. European countries that you used to see were Republican prisoners. I mean, it, that is all gone. So we will be back um, it, 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 a matter of weeks. I'm sure the only thing that is being awaited now is the proper security procedures or, you know, protections put in place, uh, logistical issues, really. And I think it's the Guardia Sevilla who 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 uh, are totally in charge of the process, but presumably they're interacting with the Guardi. So Jerry Hutch will be back there's no doubt he'd be back before Christmas and appear in a in an Irish court. So what he did try to claim um, to the Spanish courts was a number of things. He said, first of all, that he was a resident in Spain and was paying his taxes there. Um, as such, he was his life was under threat, and that's why he had got residency there. He claimed that essentially the special criminal court is no place for a trial. That has been brought up before about um, the legality of it as such because there's no jury there, there's three judges. And he also said that there had been a number of attempts to extradite him, but they'd failed. Now, I got the impression that that must have been what he's claiming is files were sent to the DPP and they were returned 
to the investigating officers with no direction to charge him because my understanding is the European arrest warrant is only issued when there is an actual charge coming. It's not a fishing expedition. You're not allowed to bring anybody in just to question them. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it was a, a number of, uh, I think, unexpected things. Um, first, that Jerry Hutch is paying tax um, in Spain. I mean, he obviously... Uh, in Ireland, like his tax affairs were were always the, uh, you know, which he was done by the Criminal Assets Bureau, obviously for not paying tax. But he seems to have taken a different approach to the tax laws in Spain. He registered, he had a, an FIE, which is basically a foreign a foreigner's number, basically, where you have, you know, you're, you're paying tax there, you're registered, you're your assets are are, are listed. Um, so he seems to have been paying that really since the Regency, or seems to have registered and been paying that since the Regency, which undoubtedly is ironic. Um, the other issues that he seems to have raised is that he couldn't be, ex- you know, that that he was, there was threats against his life, which is undoubtedly true. Um, but that, that was a justification for carrying a, a, a fake ID in, in a Croatian name. Um, and obviously that then the, the, you know, one of the reasons to resist extradition was the special criminal court wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a regular murder trial that he was likely to face in Ireland. Um, but of course, in, it's routine across Europe that, that, that there's non-jury trials before judges for capital offences like murder. I mean, it's, it's probably more common than not. Um, I'd say his chances, he realised his chances for that were really, really close to zero. And, um, you know, the, the extradition treaties are just so strong and people are constantly extradited across Europe and particularly from Spain um, to, to, to the Special Criminal Court. Um, so that was, a, I'd say, a shot in the dark. Hail Mary, as they call it. Seemed to have been some suggestion that he was sort of saying, you know, how come... Haven't been charged up until now, as if that was a statute of limitations. Sort of a suggestion that, you know, if he was, you know, if he was going to be charged in relation to the regency, that that should have happened before twenty twenty one. It's a funny thing to talk about that he, he, you know, they made previous attempts to extradite him. Uh, like I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if the, you know, he has to be charged in an Irish court uh, for an European arrest warrant to kick in for sure. I don't know if they were requesting interviews with him in some ways. The guards, I know they can do that where be in a pre-charge thing where they, they make a request for somebody to be held because they can then be in, um, effectively questioned in, a, in, a, in another country, another European country, but they're not charged. But there were certainly no charges laid uh, in between the Regency Hotel and, and, and the point at which he was arrested Uh there was no charges in an Irish court, but it's just so routine now. And, yeah. you know, if you're charged in an Irish court and you're in another European country, the process is just so quick and, and, and streamlined. So Jerry Hutch, uh, certainly those around him and uh, those operating maybe anonymously around them have always liked to feel that they have an inside um an insider maybe in the investigations that they know what's going on. I think that was clear when there was suggestions on social media that there was an arrest warrant for him before actually it was officially, uh, it had been officially, um, you know, announced that there was. And this social media site that has largely been very 
sympathetic towards the Hutch side and anti-Kinahan side, the whistleblower, which emerged in 2018, a Twitter site that was leaking the secrets, really, of the Kinahan organised crime group for a long time, disappeared about six months ago. Um, and it has just re-emerged in the past week. Um, seems very timely that Hutch is now coming back to face the music and the whistleblower is back. And it is, if you look at some of the the recent tweets, it's centering on the investigation into the Regency Hotel, possible problems that may be seen around that. And again, um, it's targeting Kinahan and and uh, sporting groups linked to him. Again, like the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the feud has been fought on a couple of different fronts, you know, and one of them is a social media campaign. And it, the, the, the social me- media campaign has been fought between the Keenan and the Hutch factions, but they've also uh, used it to, to throw shade on the actions of the state. Both sides have, have used Twitter, really, to do that. Um, you know, the the obviously the Keenan side, you had the um I suppose the uh bizarre in a world in a world of conspiracy theories, they had the the bizarre uh distinction of paying huge money to put one forward uh, in terms of the, the Regency Hotel. But the Hutch side have, have used a kind of a more low grade uh uh kind of conspiracies around the Garda investigation mm. around I suppose it would be a uh, you know, a non-violent threat that there's that they know more, and this is going to embarrass the the guard. That this could come yeah. out during a trial, which is going to embarrass the guardy and the operations of the state. And you know, there's going to be a whole murky uh, history brought out during a court case, um, and that may well prove to be true. But I think there there sometimes can be a naivety about you know uh, from certain people about what happens in a murder trial I mean it'll be the court will direct if something is relevant or not and um, it's not just a free-for-all where you can go in and and, and throw things out there and um, you know Jerry Hutch is going to come back he's going to be tried in connection with the murder of David Byrne and um, he's not going to so the evidence that pertains to that exact murder is what's going to be heard in a court case and um, and you know, and if 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 Daniel Keenan ever comes back again, it'll be facts that can be presented by the by the by the state that'll be you know that'll be under examination. It's not just a free for all. So there is, I think, uh, uh, there have been an attempt to say that the state is going to be come under under pressure with all this murky business, whether it will or not. Of course, we don't know, but. Of course, certain police officers have actually been named over these sites and and while the whistleblower itself had been absent for some months, there were other anonymous style Twitter sites taking its place and focusing on individuals and sort of issuing vague threats against individual police officers and, um, you know, hankering back to the trial and the null prosequi of Patrick Hutch, who of course was the first and so far only person who was put on trial for the um, events at the Regency Hotel. Um, His trial had begun and there was a tragic death of one of the senior officers, Detective Superintendent Colin Fox, um, who tragically took his own life as that trial was ongoing. And 
the trial came to a grinding halt. There was an investigation into what had happened and um, the state issued the null prosequi. Now that, there's no doubt, but that scenario uh, empowered the Hutch associate side in, in, in their belief that they will not face trial. Now, I think that has, uh, it's probably been a shock to them as much as to everybody else that there have been ch- these charges brought, not only against, and Jerry Hutch obviously isn't yet before the court, although he, he is likely to be over the coming weeks when he comes home, but there's others there before the court's charged in relation to this regency, which is something maybe none of us ever thought was going to happen. So, um, that idea that they have an insight into what's been going on in the background and this is all a big conspiracy theory is is really part of what organised crime groups do. They try and muddy the waters and they try and create problems. Yeah, I mean, like it's, you know, not to say the state is perfect or, or anything of the source or that, you know, the Gardaí don't make mistakes and all of those things. I'm certainly not saying that, but the idea that the state operates with a similar mentality that organised crime groups, it's just incorrect. I mean, the state may, the, you know, the, the the previous trial and issues in bed that may well become a factor in the case, but the idea that the state would not pursue a murder charge solely on the basis of that there might be some embarrassment it's not really how it how it happens, and um, you know certainly within the Gardaí, new people come along, and if they pursue a case and can present it to the DPP, it will be brought through. And um, you know sometimes you you know in in dealing with how organised crime groups think, they always think there's a, a you know a nod and a wink, and the rest of the world operates on that way. And it, it, you know while while that's not to say Ireland hasn't had a bit of nodding and winking going on in the past. Mm. It's not solely like that. And you, you know that yourself, that, you know, yeah. that, that, that the Gardaí, that, you know, or any, any of these bureaucratic organisations, new people come in all the time in the space of three and four years, there's a turnover and they don't necessarily, you know, always at all costs protect the institution. I think there, there was a determination at some point in the aftermath of Patrick Hutcher's trial that that you know this was was a, a heinous crime at the end of the day what happened in the regency and that that there must be a, a pursuit of it um, and it was a pursuit that that was gonna you know take some of the risks involved in that previous trial into account but to still to pursue prosecutions of people that are you know you know heavily involved in in, in organized crime and you know Niall I suppose it was specific and unique to the Hutch Kinnahan feud when this social media war began because it began almost in the immediate aftermath of the Regency where you saw um you know sites from both sides coming up and trying to push the agendas there and it is really nothing more than part of modern organized crime and we've seen it in in groups all across Europe they literally have essentially got press relations wings in the same way ordinary corporate businesses have. And uh, they believe that they can probably change the outcome of certain aspects, um, you know, of what may, may come down on them through these these social media and, and you know, marketing. They're essentially their marketing departments, aren't they? Well, they are. They are and, uh, you know, and some of them are far more sophisticated than others. Um, 
But it is, like, it certainly is a modern feature of organized crime. So you see it in, uh, uh, obviously, like in the Mexican cartels, they have, um, it's like a PR campaign in terms of, some of it is is of a more basic level, look how wealthy we are and how protected we are and how, you know, we can flaunt our our issues and that. But it happens across Italy, of course, as well. And it happens across uh, Russia so you have these organizations, and of course, the more powerful they get and the more resources they have, there tends to be a desire not to be the bad guys as well. And so that can be come across. But yes, it was our first experience of it in Ireland was was the Hutch Keenan feud where you had these organized crime groups deliberately trying to propagandize, I suppose, in a public way. And of course, the anonymity of social media uh, Fuels that. Has facilitated that, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, the monk is a fighter and I'd say he he's, he's also somewhat like a chess player. He will be considering what his next move is and um, I, I cannot ever see him coming back here pleading guilty to anything before the Special Criminal Court and rolling over to, uh, you know, a lengthy sentence behind bars. He's somebody who... He was right to suggest to the Spanish courts that he was resident in Spain and etc. And, and like you're surprised by him paying his taxes. But he had been living in Spain since 2011. It was 2013 when he celebrated his 50th birthday over there and the Sunday World attended, albeit not on the official invite list, and photographed him enjoying himself immensely. He was in his retirement there and had obviously planned to live out his, his days under that hot Lanzarote sun. But... Um, you know his his uh, future has changed dramatically since since then, and uh, it's an ongoing story to watch. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, of course, that you see in the court papers that um, uh, you know although he will no doubt plead not guilty, and I'd say there will be a hard case in terms of the proof of it, and he's he's you know he's obviously denied any involvement. Um, but it's interesting to see in the in the court papers that he does say if convicted, you know, if convicted. It does recognise that that is a possibility. He should be returned to Spain so he can, or he wants to come back to Spain to serve his time there. And that was the judges, while they they dismissed all of, a lot of his other claims, they did, the three judge uh, in, in the Spanish court said, if he does get convicted, he can return to Spain to complete his sentence there. Um, so that would be... Uh, I think you know that 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 was the one concession that he got. But it's interesting that 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 is being brought up, um, and that obviously, I think that that you know maybe it doesn't look great. The Spanish jails, and we see pictures and here it's rough and maybe uh, less well resourced than 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 the Irish prison system. But I think there is a recognition as well that for Jerry Hutch, that uh, life in Irish prison would be tough. Um, he would not be floating around, joining the football team, whatever else they can do in prison. I mean, it would really be under constant protection in the Irish prison system because if, if he was to be convicted and he obviously will, you know, will contest that case, that, you know, the people that are going into those prisons to do with that feud, they're certainly the Hutch, the Hutch faction are going to be under pressure and it would be a tough tough period of time and um, to be serving a life sentence in an Irish prison. 
Because finally, Niall, on, on that point, there was at one point a one million euro bounty on the monk's head from the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. There is up to 60 or more members or affiliates of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group in the uh, Irish prison system. Now, at one point, Mountjoy Jail was seen as a, what we'd call, quote unquote, a hutch stronghold. It was um, certainly a, a friendly place if, you were, if your name was Hutch. But over the course of the last few years, that has been cleared out and the, the Mountjoy Jail has literally become a stronghold of the other side, the Kinnan organisation. So what is going on in the prison system and where will the monk likely be held when he's brought back in, in, as in the run-up to his trial? Well, typically um, prisoners who are facing trial but not yet convicted, they, they go to remand prisons for normally for Dublin criminals or, you know, people people facing charges, that'd be Clover Hill, um, where the, the, the system is different because you're innocent until proven guilty. So, you know, in Clover Hill, they get more visits, more interaction with the lawyers, obviously, to prepare for the case. It's just a different regime for, for, what, for people who are innocent until proven guilty. But Jerry Hutch would not go to Clover Hill. He'd be sent to Wheatfield, where there is a, a, a wing... Of, of Hutch prisoners, both uh, people convicted in connection with the, you know, who have connections with the, the Hutch gang, but also remand prisoners. Um, and it's a protected wing, basically, um, you know, where the, the, the Keenan cartel and its many associates across the country. And you have to remember that nearly every criminal, you know, even if they're not, could be not considered cart- Keenan cartel gang members, they will have connections with them. So the, the, the Hutch faction are housed in, in Wheatfield. It's called uh, on a separate wing. I mean, it's nicknamed the Rabbit Hutch. You know, that's what it's it's called. Um, and that's where Jerry Hutch uh, is likely to be on remand for a murder charge. You know, the bail, uh, he may well apply for bail, but, um, you know, the chances of getting it, I would imagine, are slim. So it's not, um, you know... Obviously, Jerry Hutch is, I think, 57. And, you know, that's 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 what he's facing. Mm-hmm. OK, Niall Donald, thank you very much. Let's take a look. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime... Why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Crime World is brought to you in association with Manscaped, who provide an incredible, complete men's grooming experience. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools and is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for Crime World listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEWORLD at manscaped.com.